How many of you guys had a great week this past week? Come on now, yeah. Well, if you didn't, it's not over yet, okay? It's not over yet. And, uh, you know, let me tell you what, uh, it doesn't matter what goes around you, what it matters is what's going on inside of you, okay? Because you have the presence of God with you. I, this past week, I, I had a chance to go watch some, uh, some basketball games, and uh, my, my nieces play, on, on, uh, they play for uh, Lelehua, um, the Muse, they, they're playing a basketball game, and I want to watch them. They played against Pro City, the co- place where I coached for many years. And, uh, you know, I was on the sideline, you know, anxious and, you know, yeah, started to coach from the sideline, you know, just automatic. And then my brother told me, hey, you're not coaching anymore. <laughs> Once you're a coach, you're always a coach. And so, but uh, I realized that season of life was, you know, was always kind of busy. And uh, I got to go yesterday, 8.30 in the morning, because I told Pastor Billy Lau I would go watch his son play, Micah Lau, which is a very, he's a good basketball player, intermediate, and they're going to play St. Louis um, for the championship, and St. Louis, they actually have one of our own pro siders there too. Um, actually, the da- the dad comes here, Frank uh, Frank Sean Abreu, his son uh, Kings Kingston Abreu was playing for St. Louis, so it was a good game, going both ways, and very a lot of talented kids. And but you know, um, uh, Micah could hit the threes; he was knocking down some threes, and it was a close game, but Iolani ended up pulling it out, and uh, I saw them all just celebrating on the court, and gave me back some, it triggered some memories about when I coached, and, and when we won some games and some championships, where we, where we had a lot of people excited, and so I was just driving back, um, they played at 8.30 in the morning, you try to figure that out, so early, and I was just kind of, you know, it took me a while to get there, but when I was coming home, and I was just reflecting on life, and how busy we can get sometimes during this season. And, you know, there's some very good events and very good programs that we need to be a part of. But the most important thing is our relationship with Jesus. Can I hear an amen, somebody? It's about your relationship with the Lord. And we've been talking about wrapped in love. And uh, you remember we opened this thing that really God sent his son because he loves us. He was wrapped in swaddling cloths. And then uh, you remember he came to love us, but he wants to save us. And not just save us, but he wants to transform us. And last week we talked about Lazarus and how, uh, you know, when Jesus told them to move away the stone and he told the people to unwrap him. He already told Lazarus to come forth. And when Lazarus came forth, he was in like, he was like a mummy, you know, he's all wrapped up. And he told the people to, to unloose him or to unwrap him. You see, there's some things that God will do in our lives, but there's some things that only people around us can do when we put ourselves, and I love the fact that we have a lot of small groups, is because you cannot unwrap yourself. You need someone to unwrap you. Can I hear an amen, somebody? Some of you are trying to do it on your own. Me and Jesus, me and Jesus, while you like that mummy, you know, you're all kind of just all wrapped up. Well, you want to be free from that. You got to get with somebody to unwrap you. I'm glad that, I, you know, early on in my relationship with Pastor Norman, he had to do some unwrapping and, uh, and he had to do some, again, unwrapping. How many of you know sometimes we got to be unwrapped and unwrapped again and again? But see, the life of Christ that's inside of you has to come forward. But today we're talking about unwrapping eternal life. See, last week we discussed again about the new life that we have on earth. But this is an amazing gift from God. Through Him, we can always have a fresh start and a new life. However, His greatest gift, 
to us is not temporal, but eternal. Even more important than a new life on earth is eternal life with Christ. When Jesus rose from the dead, he left behind the grave wraps and ascended to heaven and is clothed in glory. Through Christ, we too will leave behind our burial wraps and live forever with him. You know, so you, you, you understand that Jesus left behind his grave wraps. See, see, a lot of times Christmas, we look at Jesus being born in the manger, in the stable, and his humble beginnings. But he didn't just stay a little boy. He grew up. And he, the Bible says he, he took the, the, uh, the sins of the world upon his shoulder when he died on the cross. But he didn't just die, he rose again. And when he did, he, he, what he did was he prepared us for a place that one day we can be with him. But the Bible tells me in John chapter 20, and if you look there, uh, you know, what happened? Mary, Mary Magdalene, remember the woman he cast out seven demons from? She was at the, t- the, the tomb. I give you some feedback here. Uh, he was at the tomb, okay. And what happened was, um, uh, uh, she realized the, the the stone was rolled away. And what she did was, uh, she went back and tell the disciples. It was kind of dark, so she wouldn't couldn't see inside. We have some feedback. We get, we get, get, give me the second mic. What is that? Okay. Okay. Okay, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, you know, so what happened is, um, so she told uh, John and Peter, and then the Bible tells us that John and Peter, uh, they begin to run to the tomb, and, and John was kind of being humble. He said, uh, Peter and the other disciple, which he was talking about himself, but he's trying to be modest and humble. And, he, and he's running to the, to the, um, the tomb, and, and, uh, and, he, and he writes in his own uh, uh, the gospel. He said that I outran, he or the other disciple outran Peter. How many of you know there was a little competition with him and Peter? And what happened was, uh, yeah, thank you, Jesus. Okay. Somebody want this mic? <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. <laughs> sometimes you just got to laugh. Right? Sometimes life, you get too serious. You got to laugh sometimes. And sometimes laughing at yourself is okay too. You know what I mean? Just laugh at yourself. Yeah. Thank you so much for the, the team that putting everything together here. But so what happened is they get there and John looks into the tomb. He can see the, the, the grave cloth is all, all to the side. Night, neatly Put away, but we pick up the story in verse six. Then Simon Peter came. Some, you know, Peter was older than than John, so so he took a while to get to the tomb. Okay, but when he got there, he went right in. And what happened? He saw the linen cloths lying there, and the face cloth which has been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up. I want you to see that in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. I mean, there's one thing about seeing, but you got to believe. You got to believe in, 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 the, in the resurrection of Christ. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. You see, what happened? Christmas, again, we, we, we realize that Jesus didn't just come 
as a, as a baby, he, he died on the cross for you and I, our sins. He did for us what you and I could never do for ourselves. He hung there bleeding on the cross. But he didn't just die, he rose again. But you see, the beautiful thing about it, at that time, they were worried about people who try to come and steal the body of Jesus. But I want you to know that when Peter and John went in there, they saw the grave cloths, and they was neatly folded together. You know, if someone was going to steal him, they probably wouldn't have left the cloths behind. And Jesus was trying to make a message to us and let us know that he rose from the dead. So he pretty much, because he's God, he unwrapped himself. And we, we find here that he's no longer here. You know, he, he roamed the earth for 40 days, right? And then uh, showing himself alive and well. And then showing uh, his disciples and other believers that he was taken up to heaven. So we see in heaven, Jesus has prepared an eternal place for us. So you got to remember at that time, the disciples were shaken up. You know, all of a sudden, the guy who they spent three and a half years with, the guy they thought they could never live without, now he's gone. And then, so what you can imagine the, the fear in their hearts. And so we pick it up in John chapter 14. Jesus already said that to them. But now, now they have to be reminded. How many of you know the Lord can speak to you certain things in your life, but there's an apparent, appointed time where you need to be reminded. That's why it's good that you be in small groups and discipleship so you can be reminded of what God said to you. Look what it says in John 14, verse 1 to 6. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. I, I like, the, I like the, the King James Version. He says, in my Father's house, there are many mansions. You know, I, I live now in a studio, a small little studio. I like to think when I get to heaven, I'm going to graduate from a studio to a mansion. I just like to think that when you get to heaven, it's an upgrade, not a downgrade. Okay, I'm not talking about a God say, oh, come to heaven. And then, you know, your mansion here, where some of you might be living in a mansion, is much greater than the mansion there. I just know that God is all into upgrading. So whatever you're experiencing here, as good as you think it is, God has a better plan. Amen? So he said, don't let your hearts be in trouble. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions, many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Now Thomas, you know, he's known as doubting Thomas. He always doubts things, and we kind of put Thomas down, but the reality, we are all like Thomas. We all doubt God. Am I talking to the right crowd this morning? We all doubt God sometimes. But look what he says. He said this, Lord, we do not know where you are going. I think Thomas was saying, yeah, we don't know where you're going, but we don't know where we're going. And you may be here this morning or watching online, and you're not sure where you're going after this life. Well, let me tell you, if you hang around a little bit longer, you're gonna, we're going to make sure that you can be assured according to the scriptures where you're going. So we find here that Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. And how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one goes, comes to the Father except through me. See, Jesus didn't say, I'm just one of the ways. I'm an option. No, he said, I am the way. I am the truth. 
You may be here today, you're confused. Let me tell you what, all you need to do is experience Christ, who is the truth. And you may be here, you don't know what the life is all about. Hey, my life sucks. Let me tell you what, you can have an abundant life when you come in, 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 in face-to-face with Jesus, who is life. See, the first thing he calls us to do, Jesus calls us to believe in him. Everyone say, believe. Now, say it like you mean it. Believe. Okay, you know. Uh, you know, the, the Bible tells that uh, there's demons in John cha- James chapter 2. They believe in God, obviously, but they ain't going to heaven. So you can believe from a mental ascent, but you have to believe. This word believe is a very strong word where you're willing to entrust your life over to him. So he calls us to believe in him. See, we live in times when there's a lot of trouble going on. The disciples were going through trouble at that time. They were being oppressed by the Roman Empire. They were being oppressed, you know, just by the people, uh, the religious leaders of that day. They were being oppressed in their lives. But somewhere along the way, the trouble and Jesus was leaving them. Now they're troubled in their heart. You may be here today and you feel troubled by the, the circumstances that are around you and, and the things that you're going through. And later you're going to hear a testimony of, of someone who, who, have, who was troubled by many things in life, but the Lord entered this person's life and turned it around for his glory. So what happened, you see here, uh, people are afraid right now. They have financial fears, health fears, political fears, fears about their personal safety. But here's the message of Christmas. We don't have to be afraid. Why? Because Emmanuel, God is with us. He's with you today. You might not feel him. You might not see him, but he's with you today. And no matter what you're facing, whatever storm you're going through, Christ is with you. You see, as long as the storms can be on the outside, but inside there's an atmosphere change because you have the peace of God. You know, I think Mother Teresa said this, if you look out, outside, you'll get stressed. If you look within yourself, you'll be depressed. But if you look to God, you will have his perfect rest. Some of you, you just need to take your eyes off of the problem and look to the promise giver. Take your eyes off of the circumstances and look to him. The Bible says in Isaiah 26, 3, he will keep him or her in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. See, because we live in a world, things are distracting us from, from our focus on God. And when we're not focusing on God, we're focusing on others and we're focusing on ourselves. And all that leads you to is stress and depression. But when you focus on God, how many of you know what I'm talking about? You put your focus on God. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. What happened on the inside of you will have a ripple effect and begin to change the things around you. You see, a lot of times, God, can you change this? We're looking for God to just come and save us and, 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 and to, to, to just kind of rescue us. But what happened is we want, we want relief and God don't want to give us relief. He wants to give us the gift of repentance to turn from your way and turn toward him in faith and living for him. But you see, God has an answer to a troubled heart. And the answer is faith in God. 
You want to know what the medicine is? Is <laughs> put your faith in God. It will heal a troubled heart. That's why it's important that you put your faith in God, who is the object of your faith, is in Him. Because you can't just put your faith in your belief in yourself. You may, you may experience some sort of success, but it will lead you to the dead end. It will lead you to hit the wall, so to speak. Why? Because within ourselves, we cannot do it anymore. You, some of you, you're right there right now. You're hitting the wall. You're banging your head on the wall, and you're wondering what's going on because God wants to come into your life where you can believe Him. Believe in Him. He's not here just to, to bring relief. He's bringing to repentance. But when you believe Him, the Bible says they have faith in God. In Mark 11, He said, then you can see unto the mountain, be removed, and be cast into the sea. And you will have whatever you say. And some of you, you may be facing mountains in your life. And the Bible says, have faith in God. Uh, God would, you, you speak to that mountain, God will remove that mountain, or what he does, he'll give you grace and power to conquer that mountain and climb up that mountain. Why? Because God wants you to rise above and be a testimony of his power. You cannot be a testimony unless you go through a test. But God wants you to rise above that. He wants you to rise above that, but you see, he starts with believing in God. Who you believe in today? Who are you believing in today? It's important that we put our trust in God. Now we say, what does it mean to believe in God? I'm glad you asked that. Well, to believe in God is to prepare a place for Him in your heart. The Bible tells me in Revelation 3.20, Behold, He stands at the door and knock. Aren't you glad that our God is a gentleman? He doesn't force His way in. He knocks at the door. He's a gentleman. But he said, whoever hear his voice and open the door of their lives, he said, I'll come into you and have a relationship with you. See, God is about relationship. He's not just about a religion. It's about relationship. So he's knocking at the door of your heart. And the moment you receive him, the Bible says he gives us the authority to become the children of God. You see, what happened, you have to understand that to believe in God is not just a belief of mental ascent. Believe is when you're willing to trust your life over to Him. To lean upon Him, to depend on Him. Some of us, oh, you know, we walk in this walk with God, but it's, it's more you and less God. And God wants more of Him and less of you. And so God is not an additive that he's just going to add to your life. He's not just a, a supplement pill that you take so you can have your Jesus pill. No, he wants to be Lord of all. That's when you begin to surrender your life to him. People ask me all the time, where does life begin? It begins at the point of surrender. Some guys say, well, I've been going to church all my life, but you know, uh, I've been just doing my own thing. Well, let me tell you what, you had a religious experience. You want to have an encounter of a relationship with God? It starts at the foot of the cross of surrendering your life to Him. When you know and you know it's not about you anymore, it's about Him. It's about Him. How do you know when you're believing in God? Well, when you believe in Him, there'll become a transformation that happens inside your heart. He'll change you. You're not just like the demons who believe and doesn't change. God wants to change you. For those who believe, Jesus has prepared a place in heaven. 
Again, when you prepare a place on earth in your heart, God prepares a place for you in heaven. He said, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go and prepare a place for you? See, Jesus shifts our attention from the temporal to the eternal. And again, I told you, the Bible, different translations says mansions. Here's a mansion for you. While he prepares a place for the, for the many, he prepares a special place for us personally. You can go read all the different books. Uh, we had uh, speakers come through ProSide um, who, who had a taste of heaven. Some of you remember uh, the story of Don Piper, who 90 minutes in heaven. But there's people who written books who had an experience going to heaven and has come back. And they just the, 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 there's no words to express the beautiful um, place called heaven. But you and I, we can know in our hearts that if we prepare a place in our heart here, God will prepare a place for us in heaven. You know, um, I was just reflecting on this message and it kind of triggered some memories in me uh, about, uh, you know, a time I spent with, um, he was a chief back then, chief, police chief, Chief Michael Nakamura. And I remember, um, you know, he was, he was going through some uh, the, the disease that he was challenged with, a form of muscular dystrophy. And, you know, uh, his son, Keola, and uh, his, uh, his wife also comes to our church here. But I remember, um, you know, uh, he, he got into an accident back in 2005, and he was hit, you know, while he was on his scooter. That, uh, uh, and, and he was injured, and he was put into to the hospital. And uh, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was really bad. So what happened was, he forgave the guy who hit him. He was a young man. He went to visit him at the hospital. He forgave him. But I remember he was in the hospital and he was suffering a lot. And one, one day I went to see him. I remember and I, I said, hey, chief, how are you doing? Good to see you. And he told me this. He said, coach, I'm ready to go home. And I looked at him and I said, yeah, well, you know, I know you live in Mililani. You have a nice swimming pool. Yeah, I can. Yeah, one day you're going to go home. And he got this look at me. He said, I'm ready to go home. And I realized at that very moment, he wasn't talking about Milan. He was talking about heaven. And we just began to, you know, talk about God and his relationship with the Lord. But he had this blessed assurance. He had this blessed assurance that he knew and he knew in his heart that he was going to be with God forever. And I remember sitting there at Kuwakini Hospital talking to him and prayed with him and left. And the next day he went into a, a coma. So we were called back to the hospital, you know, Carol, um, the family, Keola, and uh, Pastor Norman, myself, Pastor Camille. We, we were in the, uh, the, the, the emergency room. We were there with him. And I remember because he has directives that he don't want to live on the machine. So they had to take it off. And so we all, you know, just wondered what's going to happen when they took it off. Well, you know, lo and behold, um, Chief Michael Nakamura wakes up. And he's looking at us, and we're just looking at him. And, and he tells Keola, it's something that I'll never forget for the rest of my life. He tells Keola, tell Auntie happy birthday. Now, you try to figure that thing out, okay? We're all on this side. We're wondering what's going on. He said, tell Auntie Happy birthday. Now, if you know, part of his legacy was that every police officer 
would always be wished happy birthday on their birthday. He would directly call them. And, you know, we just think this is kind of weird because you're, you're, you're in a place where you, you're probably dying, but you're thinking about somebody else. And I remember we having a conversation with him. He's talking with us. And all of a sudden, um, you see the numbers start going down. And he's sitting there just like a warrior. I'll never forget this for the rest of my life. He's sitting there with the peace of God on him. And he just, all of a sudden, he just went to sleep. He went home to be with Jesus. And I remember that that marked my life because I realized I had the privilege and honor to know this man who had a relationship with God who wasn't afraid to die anymore because he had a relationship with the Lord. And, you know, um, it's it's so amazing uh, from that point, I see seen that in his life, and and I look at life. Life is in this life here on earth. The Bible says in James, it's like a vapor that goes up. That's in comparison to eternity. See, if I had a long rope from this door that went out to that door, and there's long rope, well, it would just be a little mark on that rope. What would signify life here on this earth, in comparison to eternity? See, nothing can be compared. All the suffering, all the pain cannot be compared to the glory we will experience one day with Him. See, the Bible says that the eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither have it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those that love Him. Let me tell you what, God has prepared heaven for those that love Him. And when you understand that you have a vision of going to heaven, let me tell you what, it'll affect the way you live here on this earth. Some of us, man, we're living on this earth, but we just think that this is what life is all that is meant to be. We put all our marbles or eggs, whatever you want, into the basket of this life, and we think this is what it's all meant to be. Let me tell you what, this life has no comparison to the life to come. And when you understand that, uh, you know, in this life we buy car insurance, life insurance, and we buy all kinds of insurances. We're trying to insure our life on this earth. But let me tell you what, you don't need more insurance. You need blessed assurance. When you know Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste. Glory divine. When you realize you have a relationship with God, you're not afraid anymore. Why? Because you know that by the, when you leave this world, I'm not going to the other place where it's dark. I'm going to the place where it's light 24-7, where the love of God is flowing and the glory of God. Why? Because I'm going to be with Him in heaven. How do you know that, Pastor Cole? Well, let me tell you what, because it's not how good I am. It's how good He is. It's about a relationship with Him. And when you got that, you understand. See, only through Jesus do we have access. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said I to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the one who made us and knows us. The only way to heaven is to know the one who did just that. That's the only way to heaven. This begins as we believe in Him and receive Him. To believe is to humbly depend upon Him. To surrender your life to Him. You know, when I realized, the, 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 I was going to say the older I get, but the more mature I get in God, 
I just realize it's not about me anymore. It's about him. It's about obeying him and loving him and walking with him. So when you understand that, you know, when you're younger, you think, oh, it's all about me, you know, me, me, me. But when you get older, you realize it's about him. And you're here by divine assignment. You get up and breathe every morning because God gives you the ability to breathe. And the way you breathe, because he has an assignment for you. And the moment your assignment is over, he'll take you home. But obviously you're here this morning because your assignment is not over. He's still working on you today. Well, I have a guest spot this morning. Um, I was thinking about it yesterday as I prayed through. I asked this one um, uh, young woman if she could be my guest spot. And I realized as I asked her, her, her life um, prior to coming to God and when she came to the Lord, there was a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. But in the midst of all of that, Jesus became the center of her life and her marriage. And the Lord began to transform her and everyone around her. Again, it's not about perfection. It's about progression. But I want you to put your hands together and welcome Erica Caceres to the stage. Hi, Erica. You know, when I first met Erica, um, I was talking and I, f- I got wind that she was from Kalihi. And she grew up in the housing. And, you know, if you grew up in the housing in Kalihi, there's a connection. So I was like, oh, I, I think, oh, you, you got to talk to my sister. They probably understand you. <laughs> but, um, you know, you, you've come to, to the Lord. And um, I wanted to ask you this question. You, you know, what... what what happened before you came to Christ and that led you into a relationship with God and knowing that you have eternal life? What happened? Um, well, growing up, growing up, I knew of God. Um, I knew that there was eternal life, but I didn't know I had to have a relationship with him. I didn't know I had to follow God, obey God, um, serve God or put him first, or lean on to God, um, I had to lean on myself, you know, just working hard, um, doing it on my own, um, but that led me through um, trials and failed seasons, relationships, um, so many hardships, um, but not until when we went to ProSide, um, 2017, I was like, oh, I got to know God. Um, I need God to know me on a personal level and a relationship with God. Um, I was like, oh, and then there's eternal life. I was like, oh, I was like, wow. And I can have it here on earth. I mean, it was just mind-blowing. It was awesome. At the time, you were going through a real difficulty because I think, first of all, you had a sister who um, you know was um, uh, was having problems with drugs, and they were going to take away their kids, and you wouldn't want to let that happen. So you you actually uh, you adopted your nephew and your niece to take them as part of your family. So you have the burden to try to provide for them, right? And uh, then you you get married, and you walk in with uh, a relationship with with Jordan. You know, I think there's a picture with yeah Jordan up there. Um, but you had some marital problems all through that difficulty. Then your your dad passes away, 
which, which you know, you, you know, sometimes we think, oh yeah, my mom passed away. You know, it's been years and it still affects me. Yeah, but in the midst of that, I have to find Jesus. So, how did all of that lead you to that place where you realize I'm just tired of trying to do it on my own? I think that was the word. I mean, tired. I'm tired already. I can't do it on my own. God, I'm tired. And just, you know, it's through, you know, so many trials, so many darkness, and just leaning on my own strength. And, you know, that got me nowhere but deeper holes. Um, but, you know, going to, going to ProSci, going to service, going to groups, and, um, you know, I was a single mom, and then I had to, you know, take on this new season of, you know, raising um, two more kids, and I had to adopt my niece and nephews, and now they're my own, you know, and then being married, and there's so much trials and seasons and hardships, um, a lot of, you know, unfaithfulness and miscommunications. Um, and, you know, I'm from Kalihi, and a single mom, and I'm like, no, I'm gonna lean on my own self, I got this. Um, you know, not, you know, surrendering to my marriage, not surrendering to my husband. Um, and then my dad dies, um, um, and then my mom is with us. Um, you know, when, you, when your dad passed away, how, because you were, you were bringing him to church, you prayed with him, you know, that he would come to believe in Christ. Mm -hmm. But when he passed away, uh, you ended up taking your mom with you folks. So there, was a, there was a lot of burdens that you were carrying with you, but you realized God was about to do something amazing through your life by yeah. having you go through all of that. Yeah. Um, you know, going through the seasons, you know, I don't understand it. I'm like, why am I going through this? Um, but now when I look back and I'm like, you know, thank you, God. You know, I can look back and be like, you know, I'm grateful. I can use those, you know, stories, those testimonies to help other people, um, other kids, um, other marriages, um, uh, other ladies. Um, but I remember one night, um, you know, I was in bed, you know, me and my husband, you know, same stories, same situation, same arguments, same cries, plead yeah. to God. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? God, I give up. Yes. Take it off, Father God. I can't do it alone anymore. I can't do it on myself. God, just take it. Um, but I believe, you know, when I pray, I say, God, take it and have your way through my family, my kids, my marriage, but protect it, you know? Um, so that's, I was like, just take it. So that's the day when I, you know, realized I surrender God. I'm tired. Right. I, I think, I think you stop trusting in yourself. Yes. You begin to put your total trust in God. And are you saying in the earlier service where everything you did was I trust God. Yeah. I trust God. Just put it in God's hands. Yeah. I was like, Jordan, I don't know. Like my marriage, I don't know. You know, uh, my kids, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, finances, I don't know, you know. But you know what? I trust God. Yes. God, take it, God. You know, I, I don't know, God. Like, I can't do it on my own already. I give up. Take it, you know. But with that, yes. from that very night, from yeah. that very day, I had hope. You know, I, I was more at peace. Yes. 
you know, a lot more, um, you know, softer, you know. Oh, that's important for Kali people. Oh. <laughs> softer. I pray that every day for me to walk softer, <laughs> approach softer, talk softer. I think I'm softer too after the years. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, but, but you, you, you begin to see, experience God's transformation in your yes. life. So what has God done in your life now as you guys going forward? Because, uh, you know, when, when God does something in us, it's always going to go through us at some point. And it starts to bless people around us. Talk to us about how God has used you and your family to make a difference in other people's life. All glory to God. Thank God. Um, but, you know, because, you know, I choose to follow God. I choose to obey God and not be less of myself and be more like Jesus. You know, my husband... You know, we're all on this same path yes. to follow God. Yes. And, you know, our kids, you know, we all know as parents, you know, our kids see us. Yes. And they be, you know, like, oh, mom and dad's going to small group. So they know, oh, small group. And then, like, my kids are in small group. Um, and then, you know, oh, we got to pray. Oh, I don't know, but Jesus knows, you know, and God's going to protect us. Um so I see not only God is working in me personally, but God is working through my husband's life. And he's been through so much. Um, you know, my, my son, you know, he only had me. And then now, you know, Hoku and Ziggy, you know, they were handed a different path. Yes. But with God... They have another. They have another path. Uh, it's kind of like, like how you adopted them yeah. into your family. God adopted us yes. into His family. Yeah. Yeah. And so you know, with all this, because you know, they serve. She serves with our kids ministry, and her husband. They also serve in our middle school uh, youth ministry. And and the thing is, what I love about this couple is not just about me, me, me. Now, God, how can you use us to bless? other people. What would you say today uh, to us here today in service or those online? What would you say as a parting shot to encourage them today? Um, so many things I would want to share and so many things I would want to say because I've been you know, with God. There's so many uh, I've got, seen so many victories that he's done in my life my own personal self, my own heart, my own kids, my mom um, but you know growing up I always felt alone um, but because I have God, I'm never alone. Amen. Um, because God gave me a small group, because God gave me ladies, um, you know, they're with me, praying with me. They, they don't want me to fail. They don't want me to, you know, backtrack. They want to just lift me. Yes. Um, and then I have great leaders around me that I can just call, text, and meet up, but they just want to, you know, guide me back towards God. You know, they just want to, you know, put the God's word into me. Yeah. Um, but another great thing is that, you know, because we have surrendered our life to God, I know that I can have a new life here on earth. Yes. You know, I once was living in another life, another path, another way. Uh, I can now leave that old self, yes. my old Kalihi self, <laughs> you know, um, you know, behind. But I can now... Be more like Jesus. Um, and I can, you know, experience a new life here on earth. But look forward 
to an eternal life yes. with him. Um, but and then also another thing is that God did it in my life. You know, growing up, I, you know, there were so many hands handed to me, um, but God did so much in my life, and I know that He can do it in your life as well. Amen. How about a hand for Erica? Thank you, Erica. Scott, that was great. Uh, as the worship team come, I want to read this last scripture. You see, because a lot of times we all feel lonely. How many of you know you can be in a crowd and still feel lonely? Because the loneliness is because our soul is crying out for a relationship with God. I want to read you John chapter 1, verse 10 to 13. He says, talking about Jesus, He was in the world, and the world was made through Him. Yet the world did not know Him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right. And I like what the old King James Version, he gave the authority to become the children of God. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. But of God. I want to ask you to stand as we worship God. I believe the Lord is speaking to us today. Speaking to our hearts today. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. As we worship Him, begin to see, envision God entering into your life. More of Him, less of you.